We all have a creative part of our brain, whether we use it or not, for generating new ideas, problem solving, and just viewing ourselves in this world. I am Ricky McEachran, an artist living in Chicago, and I am eager to know and share with you all how people of a creative leaning have brought this way of thinking to the forefront and how it has shifted outcomes. Where we grow up and what we are exposed to growing up can have a big impact on our view of the world as adults. With artists, these views usually shine through, sometimes brightly and sometimes subtly. Johnny is an artist I came across on Instagram. He lives in Berlin and creates two types of photographs. His blue series dark and serious, and his Polaroids, which are playful and a bit pornographic in nature. It is always fun and interesting to find out where art comes from. I'm excited to share my conversation with Johnny Abate. want to talk about your photography. It seems like there is some, a lot of prep and planning that's done with taking these photographs. Is that accurate? Yes. The blue pictures are really, really planned. They're really cold from this point of view, but because they tell a story and uh, I need to plan them and uh, the lightning is, it must be perfect. The location must be perfect. The ball must be perfect. Instead, usually when I take my other type of pictures, like the Polaroid or anyway, the analog pictures, uh, that's more spontaneous, more crazy. But the blue pictures are absolutely overplanned. And do you like working in more of a planning way of being creative or more of in an impulsive, spontaneous way? Uh, it's a struggle because um, I, I like the finished product. I don't like the, the process of doing it. So when I take the, the analog sexual pictures, I actually have fun. Um, I don't have to prepare much because it's just about documenting um, other people's lives. Instead, with the blue pictures, uh, I like more when I see the finished product. But to go through it, it's really a struggle. But I always tell myself that in the end, also, no director maybe likes to, to make movies. They, they like the finished product. So imagine going through the stress of, of planning and producing. I think no artist likes the whole process, apart from maybe the painters. <laughs> it's more relaxing to make a painting, yes. It's interesting that you bring that up because I don't feel that the process of painting is that enjoyable. Um, I feel the exact same way that it's the end result when I create, when I have the finished product and someone is viewing the finished product or, you know, they purchased it and enjoying it in their home. That is what's so fulfilling, but the process of actually going to the studio and painting yeah, I don't really, I usually don't like it, quite frankly. Like standing up from the bed, first of all, and then taking the metro, reaching also, also physical. You know, it's, many of my pictures are made in quite of extreme places. 
abandoned places that are made on glaciers or deserts. And you have to get there. And it's really, uh, sometimes I think about it and it's so hard. Also, for example, now it's really dark. It's really cold. We are minus two. And you think, okay, I should go out and going to photograph somebody and put all of my clothes on and uh, going through the snow. It's actually snowing. Already this, you know, it's like, ah, I don't want to do it. But then it's fun when you, when you finish everything and you put the pictures together. When you have a photographic series that you've done, what is the starting point? Is the starting point that you get sort of inspiration of an idea? Just tell me about the process of how it all starts. For the blue pictures, they all come from the dreams or nightmares I had when I was a kid. Uh, I was used to dream a lot about aliens who would come to kidnap me. They would bring me in the outer space. We would travel for years and years. Um, and then I would also have sex with the aliens. And then when I would wake up, I would write everything on a diary. Uh, which I still have. So when I do my blue pictures, I recreate scenes from those dreams. So I always know what to do. How old were you when those dreams started? Oh, I was so young. And since I have memory, maybe since I was eight or ten, I, I remember as a kid that I would watch X-Files and then I would freak out and then I would dream those things. And I, w um, I was just living in a, in a very isolated, huge countryside house. And I was alone all the time. And from my balcony, I could only see the horizon and the, and the countryside. And I was so alone. And then I was feeding myself with a lot of science fiction movies and, and porn. And so I would have those dreams and I, I wrote them all down. It's so much. You have no idea. I went on for years and years. And when I take the blue pictures, I recreate the same exact pictures. So I don't go to a process. I just remember and I know what I have to do next. So these dreams, were they traumatic or were they interesting and fun and exciting what was the general or were they different all the time they would give me a strange feeling of loneliness like if i was alone in in the universe which we are we are on a ball in the middle of the universe this is quite scary uh, and i always had this strange feeling inside of me like if it was not true that I was traveling in the outer space, but that I was actually dead underground. But I was never sure. So I always thought maybe I'm not really traveling. I just died and maybe this is like my soul crossing the universe. It was like a feeling inside of me and I had no proof what was the truth. Okay, so it sounds like it was a way to, to reconcile all of these feelings and confusion that you had as a kid. I guess that's what dreams always are, really. I was very confused, yes. 
you told me previously that you are from Naples, um, which I've never been to, but tell me, can you tell me about like where you grew up? There is an area north of Naples uh, and it is a national park. Um, this national park is made by some towns um, and a lot of uh, green areas. In this area, there are around um, 18 volcanoes, more or less. Some are off, some are on, and it smells like sulfur. So it's a sort of strange countryside uh, with many abandoned areas with a lot of um, archaeology. Uh, populations that they were they came to the coast of Italy before the Greeks probably and where many tourists just don't venture and it was normal to find um, Greek construction of stones or cemeteries completely abandoned and then a geyser and then smell of sulfur it's a really strange area did you grow up in a town or did you grow up in a like a, a town in a town, yes, which um, had the borders with much of the countryside wild areas uh, of this national park. So I could have both quite easily. Now, when did you start watching porn? I found some, some uh, VHS that my father hid somewhere, <laughs> uh, but I don't remember how, how old I was. Okay. But I was really young. I was very, how do you say, um, mature. Mature? <laughs> already, mature, thank you. Already at a young age, yes. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm perfectly fine. I'm quite obsessed with porn. I was always obsessed and I watch a lot every day. But I'm always kind of disciplined, you say, mm -hmm. in English. And um, I don't know, maybe I'm obsessed with it. But <laughs> I was already obsessed when I was a kid and I saw it the first time. It's just something that I, I really like, I don't know why. Aliens and porn. And aliens and porn. Um, do you feel that exploring and taking these photographs to, I don't know, make sense of these dreams or you're doing something with these dreams that you had as a kid? Do you think this is something you'll do forever? Or do you think, like, or will you get it out of your system at some point? No, I don't think it will ever go away. I'm, I'm really obsessed. Uh, I live in my, in my world of aliens and in my world of outer space and I will never leave it, never. Yeah. Do you believe in aliens? I wait for the science to tell me if they actually exist or not. I do not uh, believe blindly. If science one day will tell me, yes, they exist, I will accept it. But I, I do not believe like directly. Based on your, your wishing and desires and dreams, that's not enough for you to think that it's real. It, it was not a wish. Uh, when, I when I would dream about them, it was not really a, a wish. It was like something I, I had to accept some way. 
it was just happening. So I was, I'm not like the type of guy that says I want to believe. I, I was just, I just fell into it. And I, I mean, I hope they don't exist. I'm scared if, if this would happen, you know. We already lived so many historical moments, now even a pandemic, and that's enough for now. <laughs> So you have a lot going on. You got the photography with the more sophisticated blue photographs, mm -hmm. and then you got the the Polaroids, which are on your Johnny doesn't give a fuck yep. Instagram. It sounds like there's a lot of creativity inside you that is is being expressed. So how do you keep everything managed and going and motivated and moving? I have. You know, with a Mac, you can you can have different screens. Yep. Okay. For every screen, I have the ongoing project, and I have my calendar. So um, every day, I work on a project, and they're so you, always open, always ready. So you work on one. Each day is dedicated to one project. Yes. Okay. And they, they repeat every seven or eight days. Uh, but it's not, um, I mean, it's not that bad because I have a screen for every project. So tomorrow morning, if I want to continue, for example, a video I'm mounting, uh, I just go to the third screen of my Macintosh and the software is already open, is already there with the point where I stopped some days ago. Nice. Now, do you have a plan for each of your projects, like a yes. schedule? Yes, I have a schedule for every project. I have a sub schedules. So I have my calendar and then there is the sub schedule for every project. Are you reliant on other people very much for your creative output or is it mostly just work that you do? Uh, it's all work that I do apart from one of the anonymous projects that I do with a musician also. And uh, for the rest, it's only myself. But I would love to make something with somebody, but it's not easy to follow me. It's a lot of work. Meaning it's, <laughs> meaning it's a lot of work to work with you? It's a lot of work and I'm very disciplined. So... If I have to wake up at six o'clock in the in the morning to to travel one hour and climb in some abandoned places, I just do it, and I can't ask a friend or somebody to do it with me. It's too much. So, have you always been a creative spirit? Always. I mm, I did the art school. When I was a kid. A kid what age? Um, the high school in Italy, it's from, I think, 13 to 18, probably. And that was, was that a, tell me about the curriculum. Was it visual arts? Was it performing arts, everything? It was photography, sculpture, and uh, Photography, sculpture. How do you say when you work precious metals? Goldsmith, Gold, right? Okay. Um, yeah. I think so or, photography, sculpture, yeah. and goldsmith. Yeah. And painting, obviously. Drawing. 
and all of the art stuff obviously was something that excited your brain. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm born in art. You know, when you're born in Naples, in general, in Italy, you have art everywhere and it's completely normal and you don't even realize. Um, when, I was a, when I was a kid, I, I was used to smoke joints um, on the steps of a church and I didn't know that the facade was designed by uh, Donatello. Mm -hmm. um, I was used to go to visit my grandma and often she was in a church and there were Caravaggio paintings in this church and I didn't realize it. Yeah. And uh, in Naples, everywhere you go, even in the most uh, dangerous and hidden LA's where you only find uh, junkies and, and prostitutes, there may be something that was designed by Donatello or a Raphael painting, and when you're a kid, you don't realize it, you don't know. It's one thing to be comfortable and being raised around all of this beautiful artwork, but it's another thing to be a creative person and to have the drive to actually be creating things. You know, that's kind of you know, that's part of you. I feel like I had no choice, actually. felt like you had no choice. <laughs> yeah, it was like everywhere around me. And uh, as a kid, I was used to um, hide in a place. I would climb and hide. It was in the, in the countryside. And while growing up, I realized that that place where I was climbing and hiding is actually one of the oldest cities in uh, in Italy called Kuma um, is an archaeological excavation and I would sit in the amphitheater I would hid in the temples and I would go on top and and sleep in in a temple but I didn't know it was that <laughs> I was just climbing and hiding yeah. and for me there were just rocks right but I was hiding in one of the, and this entered into my, into my blood and uh, all of the churches where I would also go to, to relax when it was too hot. I entered in churches just because the temperature outside was really hot. And I would sit and I would drink and I would pee and... I was using, using them as a sort of autobahn station, right? Yeah. And it was just normal for me. Yeah, completely normal. And my house was not far from a, this bunch of abandoned rocks with a gallery. And all the growing up, I realized it was the tomb of the mother of the Emperor Nero. And I really? was just climbing into it. It was it was at your jungle gym. That's that's yeah. we call you know the term jungle gym. No, I never heard it before. So that's what that's what we call uh, like when you go to a playground, the thing that you climb on as a kid. Uh, okay, yeah, I was using this stuff. <laughs> so tell me about where people currently how, how you're getting your art to the world uh, you mentioned to me that your blue photographs 
Um, I believe those are in a gallery or in galleries. Um, I know your Polaroids. I think that those are being shared certainly on Instagram, but other places. Can you tell me about how you get your art out into the world? Uh, virtually, I use my website, Instagram, uh, and Tumblr. Um, in the real world, I exhibit them in uh, galleries or bookshops or even shops if, uh, if I like it. So usually this is the way. Also the Polaroids. So I'm quite classic from this point of view. When you sell your stuff in a gallery or in a bookstore, are you do, you, do you have a show so that you can actually see people looking at the work? Tell me about that experience. We have a vernissage and a finissage. <laughs> so, and I hate it, but you have to do it. I don't like the mundane part of it. I don't like to... Uh, I don't like when there is art and there are people with glasses of Prosecco talking. I find that pretentious, but you have to do it. So, yeah, you just invite people and you offer some alcohol and you hope that some collector comes to buy something. Um, but in the future, when I will find something, some place that really fit me, I really want to do it my, my style and not only following the directions of the gallery. What would your style be? First of all, one of my dreams would be to make an exhibition in a church. And I would like, I would like it to be really dark. And I would like to, to have some kind of um, ambient, creepy musician in the background. Uh, I don't like the galleries with white walls and a lot of light and smiling people. I want a dark, creepy, creepy place with no prosecco. Now, what about the Polaroids? How do you share those with the world? Uh, the Polaroids are my side, my funny side. Since my blue pictures are depressing and dark, I needed something light and funny. This means that they're also less pretentious. And this means that um, I feel free to exhibit them wherever I like, even if it's a cheap place, even if it's a trashy place, um, that I don't care. I also exhibit the pictures in the, in the bathrooms of a sex club in, uh, in Berlin, um, which is my favorite one, KitKat. Yeah, since they're just for fun and not pretentious at all, it's just porn, and I don't want to uh, give them hidden artistic meanings. I really feel free to exhi exhibit them wherever I like. It doesn't matter the place. I just want okay. to have fun with it. I'm collaborating with a musician to make um, a mashup between exploration and music videos. So we are going to explore abandoned places, making one shot clip of 10-15 minutes without interruptions and is going to make music for it. 
um, ambient creepy music and I want to develop a, a plot in it so we start this Sunday actually and it was planned since long time but finally we bought all the material and we made a plan and then we will put it out on YouTube When you and I did our initial conversation, you had mentioned that you had started out as a musician um, and that's something that you don't do anymore. So I get the feeling that you have creative aspects of yourself that are have a lifespan, like music kind of happened and then went away. Um, and then you have this active photography that you're doing now. Um, that's kind of at, in its active stage. And then you have this video thing in the abandoned places that's just getting ready to go. Um, so is that how you always work, that you always have things in different phases? Uh, sometimes I feel it's just one thing because my pictures were the covers of my music demos. So, and my dream as a kid was to be a music video director, but it was too complicated. So I kept the music apart and I, uh, and I made pictures because it was easy. And um, my, my style was a way science fiction porn. This is the type of music videos I wanted to do. But I simply divided it. So I make science fiction pictures and I make poem pictures, but um, with this project of actually going into places and filming, I feel some way I'm connecting to my childhood dream. Um, and everything is absolutely connected. Is everything really the same thing? And I wish I can also start to make videos because people often tell me uh, that with my blue pictures would be cool to make music videos, to bring that aliens to life, right? It would be very interesting, but it's really complicated. I need to put myself a limit because I do too many things and if you do too much, then you start to make them bad. Well, Johnny, this was great. I'm glad that thank you. you. I'm glad that you talked to me today. Thank you. Too kind. My name is Ricky McGeckrin, and you have been listening to Eager to Know, the podcast. If you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Eager to Know podcast.